Hey, I'm Andy. If you don't know me, it's probably because I'm not famous. But I did start a men's grooming company called Harry's. The idea for Harry's came out of a frustrating experience I had buying razor blades. Most brands were overpriced, overdesigned, and out of touch. At Harry's, our approach is simple. Here's our secret. We make sharp, durable blades and sell them at honest prices for as low as $2 each. We care about quality so much that we do some crazy things, like buy a world-class German blade factory. Obsessing over every detail means we're confident in offering a 100% quality guarantee. Millions of guys have already made the switch to Harry's, so thank you if you're one of them. And if you're not, we hope you give us a try with this special offer. Get a Harry starter set with a five-blade razor, weighted handle, shave gel, and a travel cover, all for just three bucks, plus free shipping. Just go to harrys.com and enter 5,000 at checkout. That's harrys.com, code 5,000. Enjoy. I was on television the other day on a show called Varney and Company on Fox Business Channel out of New York on Wednesday morning. I was on about EpiPen and about the cost of that. John Stossel had some say, and he is a libertarian. He thinks, you know, capitalism is good. The free market is good. And hey, you know, jack up the price. But, you know, it's easy to say if you can afford that price, isn't it? The EpiPen is not just something that people use for people that have allergies, seizures, or go into anaphylactic shock. My son has 10 allergies, and that is a possibility. So I'm one of those parents that has an EpiPen with me, or we leave it in the house if, you know, we're going to have the kids with, you know, a nanny or babysitter, um, or if I'm out of town. And I definitely take it with me. I just did this past week in New York when my son was with me. But EpiPen has become more than that. It has become the center of a scandal. And it has transformed its pharmaceutical company that distributes it, Mylan, and the CEO, Heather Brush, into the newest symbols of corporate greed. In the past few weeks, you may not have even heard of them. Some of you may have never even heard of an EpiPen. If you don't have anybody or yourself with an allergy or anything like that in uh, your uh, family. So this company in, in the pharmaceutical industry, vast industry, they were really little known players. Okay. But now they are the target of outrage, ridicule because of the price of EpiPen, more specifically the price hikes. Let's break it down. Since 2009, the company Mylan, the pharmaceutical company that distributes, that puts out the EpiPen, has, sells it, has jacked up the price of the EpiPen, which, by the way, is not only an allergy treatment. It literally is a life-saving allergy treatment. It can save your life. It can be the difference between life and death for any man, woman, or child in that situation who needs that, that drug. They have increased since 2009 the price 15 times. What? 15 times. A two-pack of EpiPens right now is $609. What? That is up 400% from just seven years ago. Now, this month, it has led to outrage nationally. And not just about those buying it or spending it, and even around, among those who, got, who have the money to pay for it. And certainly those who do not. There's been a campaign on social media by parents. And that has forced Mylan 
to respond by taking the unusual step of launching a generic version of the EpiPen at 50% discount to its current price. But that's still over $300. And they're going to have other moves, they say, to make the treatment more affordable. But, you know, despite those efforts, there's an, there's an investigation of this company, Milan by Congress. The Oversight House Committee, the House Oversight Committee, very powerful. They sent a letter to Bresch yesterday. They requested a briefing, the head of that company, and a trove of documents from the company about EpiPen. Now, a little bit of background. The head of EpiPen is Joe Manchin's daughter. She's a Democrat, and she's a Hillary supporter. The House is a majority Republican. But I don't care who she is, who she supports, or who she's related to. And I don't think Joe Manchin is a true Democrat by some of the actions and remarks he's made in the past. But that aside, I think it is disgusting when these corporations increase the prices of life-saving medication that individuals use. And children and the elderly, quicker deaths, as you know, body's not as strong as you and me. Most of you listening to me in the age group you would be in, right? 18 to 65 years of age. And, and, and look, at not just an increase. You're not just talking, well, after a few years we decide, no, $609 up 400%. So now there's an investigation. And honestly, there should be an investigation. Now, this is the blame that Mylan does. It, it points the finger, right? They're pinning the blame for the sticker shock on a shadowy healthcare supply chain. The head of their company says the system was broken. It was in crisis, similar to the financial crisis of 2008 that blew up the economy. But on October 12th, 2009, you could get a two-pack EpiPen for 124 bucks. How do you justify, with any kind of crisis that none of us saw on the news, by the way, that on May 16th of 2016, the price was $609 15 times? Now, there's a lack of empathy out there for these remarks, and the arguments are not going over well with many, myself included, and I'm sure many of you. The company doesn't understand that this is a very emotional and very stressful situation for parents as they send their children back to school. My kids start on school Thursday. Other kids go back to school in the fall. Okay? Wells Fargo analyst David Maris says, no one's expecting Mylan to give away their products, but empathy is a human emotion. And when you raise a price year after year, buy that much for a drug that's literally life-saving, it shows a complete lack of empathy. And he also points out that no one forced them, by the way, there was no force, no gun to their head to raise those prices and certainly to raise every prices so high. It's outrageous, right? I mean, people should not be fooled by the idea that the system made them do it. The only one to blame is Mylan and the head of that company. They made the decision. They increased the prices. That's what the head of Wells Fargo says, and I agree with him. In fact, the most recent round of price hikes look more opportunistic, okay? And Because, you know, if the system was broken, all drugs across the board by all pharmaceutical companies would have outrageous hikes, and that has not been the case, Okay. The uh, the result of problems in the healthcare system, no, okay? In November 2015, Mylan raised EpiPen prices by 15%. That was the 14th time they raised prices since 2009. And the hike came just a month after their main rival, 
AviQ was pulled off the market. Six months later, the company jacked up prices again by another 15%. So when they had no more competition, instead of lowering the price, which they should have done, they upped it. And then they upped it again. When you have competitors out of the market, they were in a position to price up EpiPen, and that's exactly what they did. And by the way, this is what analysts have written in recent reports. By the way, let's look at the CEO of EpiPen. Brash, I mentioned, is the daughter of U.S. Senator Joe Manchin, has sought to push back against these criticisms. She said, you can do good and do well, and I think we strike that balance around the globe. Sorry, you're a liar. Anyway, she added, quote, I'm running a business. I am a for-profit business. But you don't need a profit from $124 to $609, especially when they've got to come to you because the only other person selling EpiPen is no longer on the street. They're gone. By the way, speaking of on the street, that's where people are going to be buying them, unless they can get them from Canada or Mexico, which I'm sure some people are starting to already. And that can be very dangerous. Not just dangerous for what you have coming in from the, through the mail, from what country and from whom, but what actually is in what you're buying. There's not the regulations in place in other countries. You stick that pen in a child who has having a seizure or going into shock, and if you don't have the right balance, the right medication, that child could die. And some people could die if you don't have $609 for those two EpiPens. Okay? But business has been very good. If you look at Mylan, very good and also very good for her. And thanks in part for that company to EpiPen. Increasingly priced, increasingly lucrative for that company. You know, ever since Mylan started raising EpiPen prices back in 2009, the profit of margin of the Mylan division that sells that drug, it quadrupled. Now, I think we all agree. We, every company, we want a company to do well, right? You want a company to do well. It helps the economy. You want a company to do well. All of us, whether we work there, you know, whether we're part of it, it's part of the economic infrastructure. However, quadruple profits are not necessary to keep a company afloat. Wells Fargo, by the way, did the analysis of corporate filings. Rising profits are the big reason why you're ready. Ms. Brush, CEO, made $19 million last year in compensation. Over the past three, she made $54 million. Now, the defenders of Mylan, the pharmaceutical, note that the $609 list price of EpiPen may get all the attention, but... Most consumers don't actually pay that. Even before Mylan's recent cost-cutting moves, the company indicated that 80% of its prescriptions translate to zero out-of-pocket expenses. Well, that's bull feathers for a lot of people out there, and it depends on your plan. 4% of EpiPen prescriptions actually led to 600 or more in out-of-pocket expenses. And by the way, can even 4% to me is 4% too many. Uh, that was, by the way, according to analysis by Evercore analyst Umar Rafat. Uh, th- that still translates, by the way, to 150,000 prescriptions at more than $600 a pop or a pen. So let me ask you a few questions, okay? One, since 2009, as I mentioned, Mylan has jacked up the price of the EpiPens an incredible 15 times. Is it time that Congress starts to heavily regulate Big Pharma? Or do you say, no, Leslie, not more regulation? Does far, do the pharmaceuticals need to be reined in and regulated by our government? 8886 Leslie. 8886537543 is the number. You know, medical, pharmaceutical, one of the largest lobbying groups in this country. So 
what will happen? Will anything ever happen? Will the cost be reined in unless we enact meaningful campaign finance reform? 888-6LESLIE, 888-653-7543. The list price on a two-pack of EpiPen, 609 bucks, up 400% from seven years ago. And now they're deciding to cut the price in half for the generic. Now, does this still seem over $300 like a ridiculous price considering the medication inside the pen is only worth a buck? And by the way, generic is not always as effective, I've had that personally experienced, as the real deal. 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543. Mylan CEO of the Brush's total compensation has spiked from around $2.5 million back in 2007 to almost $19 million today. Like I said, over the past few years, $54 million. She said she's running a business. Hey, for, 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 for profit business, she's not hiding that. Should this company be sued? Should executives of the company be prosecuted if an individual is unable to afford this life-saving treatment and die as a result while they have, like Mitt Romney, elevators for their cars? 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543. Now, in order to, do, to avoid giant price hikes, should epiphrin and generic drugs be regulated just like public utilities? The active ingredient in an EpiPen is epiphrine. It's more than 100 years old, by the way. Uh, and that is the definition of a generic drug, just taking out the key ingredient. 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543. The new price of an EpiPen is still triple what it was back in 2007 when Mylan acquired the product. And the company still controls an estimated 95% of the market. I think we'd agree they own the market. Will we see the price hike again as soon as the spotlight is off? And should they be treated as a monopoly because of what it's done with EpiPen, because it has 95% of the market, nearly nearly all. 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543. What would you do to solve the EpiPen problem that this pharmaceutical Mylan has created? 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543. Should rich people be able to treat their children's health more than poor people? Isn't that happening? I mean, somebody wealthy or, or, or who's comfortable can afford $609. Not the lower middle class or even some middle class families. 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543. And is not, this not an example of why we need to expand the Affordable Care Act to go after these pharmaceutical companies like Hillary Clinton and Bernie Sanders have proposed? 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543. Marshall talking about EpiPen increasing its price 15 times up to $609 a pop. Do we need government regulation of pharmaceuticals or do you think we have too much regulation and government overreach? How would you solve this EpiPen problem? Is it a monopoly? They have 95% of the market. Uh, let's go to the calls. 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543. Reggie in Georgia, line two, listening on Spreak. Oh, Reggie's gone. Okay, my apologies. Uh, let's go next to Susie and I'll pass... Oh, I thought Susie and El Paso. Uh, I'm sorry, Paul in Washington, line two, listening on our stream on Spreaker. Leslie, this is it's not the government regulation. It's the government. It's it was the Medicare Part D drug bill that the Republicans pushed through in 2005. That's responsible for all of this. That the companies have now exclusive rights, practically, to make these drugs. And I got to tell you something. Take a look at. <laughs> Have your husband, he's a, he's a physician, take a look at the structure of epinephrine. This is about the easiest, cheapest stuff to make. You could make a 50-gallon drum of this stuff for, I don't know, not very much, but the problem with that is 
A 50-gallon drum of epinephrine would be enough to last the whole country for three decades or more than that. It's not a moneymaker. It's, it, it's not something that you make money on. If, it were, if there were real free market competition, these things would be $2. As a matter of fact, back in the 80s, they used to be about $10. My mom used to have them, and she bought them. They were about 10 bucks a piece. The 124 bucks is a ripoff. But this is this is what's going on. There are there are a number. Well, of now, I'm glad you mentioned that when because I mentioned it. Thank you to Mark and Andrew, my great crew, in the research. You're talking. It's like you said. It costs like a dollar. It's worth a dollar. So you have a hundred and twenty-three dollar profit at the lowest end of this scale. We'll be back with you, Paul, and others holding. You want to join us? Eight 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 six Leslie. Back after this. Money, 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 that's what it's about. $19 million was the paycheck for the CEO of Milan Pharmaceuticals putting out the EpiPen that used to be 124 bucks for two, only makes a buck uh, to make, and now is 609 She's like, yeah, but I, I'm running a company. It's for profit. Profits quadrupled, and over the past few years, she made 54 million dollars Now, I know there are those out there who would say, Leslie, you just don't want people to be make a lot of money and be rich. Oh, no. I would love to make a lot of money and be rich. And compared to some people, I probably am rich or make a lot of money compared to many. I am not. It depends on your perspective and how you look at it. But I, I don't begrudge people making money. But on the backs of individuals who may not be able to afford to save their or their children's lives, no. Count me out on that. We go back to Paul in Washington holding on line two, listening to our stream through Spreaker, uh, which is part of iHeartRadio. Paul? Yeah, the uh, as you pointed out, it, it takes a, a dollar, costs a dollar to make this EpiPen, but the most of that expense is the little plasticky syringe that it all comes in. You know, three, like I said, what has it got? A couple of cc's of epinephrine. You don't need very much of that stuff. You don't want very much of that stuff. You don't need very much. And so the whole thing is is a it's just a bald faced effort to just gouge it. And the the thing is to make the Med Part D prescription drug bill had so many things in it. There's two points about this. First of all, it was $600 billion unfunded. Who get, where are they getting all the money? Who can pay for this? And she says, this uh, head of Milan says, oh, most of these drugs are no out-of-pocket expenses. A couple points about that. They're subsidized by the government, so they're basically getting government money to do this. And the other thing is, a lot of these drugs, that they may not be out-of-pocket at first, but people who are in Medicare Part D puts them, because it's a high price, it will put them in the donut hole faster, which is because it just adds up how much was this, whether, you're, whether you had to pay out of pocket or not. It adds up to your, to your total, and then you do have to pay entirely out of pocket once you're in the donut hole. And thank you very much. The Affordable Care Act is closing the donut hole. Uh, and, and then the other thing about this is all of these skyrocketing drug prices, you hear the Republicans say, blaming it on Obamacare. It was not. It was the Medicare, and there are numerous drugs, Leslie, that are in the same thing from asthma inhalers like I carry, the little albuterol inhaler in my pocket that I used to get for, back in the 80s, $5. Even 10, 12 years ago, before the Med-D, I, um, I could get that for $13 online, for $13 each. Now, they're $130 before insurance. If you had to pay, if I had to pay, you know, it, it, when, it, years and years ago, when I was not married, and my girlfriends and I were all, you know, on the pill just in case, and with insurance, they were like fourteen bucks. Without, they were twenty some. We were on vacation in Mexico, 
Went into a pharmacy because my girlfriend got, like, uh, parasites, and she had to take Bactrim, a sulfur-based antibiotic. Yeah. And when we were in there, we saw the birth control pills, and they were a buck a pack. Okay? I shouldn't even admit this, but I'm going to admit it. Okay? My girlfriend looked at me, and she goes, oh, my God. Let's buy all of them. I said, what? Yep. Yeah. We bought all of them. We brought them back. We sold them to our friends for like five. And we told them. We told them we got to make a little bit of profit. We brought them back. So instead of paying 12, 14, 20, 20, something like, you know, and they were the same exact thing. Do you know what I mean? We, you know, we check the same exact ingredients, the same exact name. And so when people think that socialization is a bad thing, let me tell you something else, Paul. Earlier today, uh, driving to the studio after I was on Fox, I heard a man call into a show about this issue. And he is from France. And he said he used to be very conservative until he moved, and he used to think social programs are terrible until he moved to the United States and he saw the cost of medication and it made him more liberal. And he had this French accent and he said, and, and EpiPen, like, you know, was the nail in the final coffin that, you know, he's a liberal Democrat. He's voting for Hillary, you know, blah, 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 blah. He's, you know, U.S. citizen now. And, but, his, you know, his thing was that a lot of people poo-poo countries like France where they give out, you know, the, the medication, you know, you know, or it, it's free or it's very cheap, uh, the, the free health care. And he was talking about the merits now living in a hugely greedy capitalistic country. Well, yeah. Well, first of all, I have to comment. So you temporarily went into the drug business, you know, I, I, for one suitcase, one trip. Yeah, just well, one that, trip. That's fine. <laughs> Listen, the, the high prices, like I said, the asthma inhalers, when uh, some of my friends had gotten bronchitis and went to the doctor, they got prescriptions. And they got more, because you only have bronchitis for a couple weeks. They got a whole bunch of these things, like enough refills for six of them. And I said, get them all. I'll, I'll take them from you. So I don't have to buy them. And that's what I did. That's how I got. So there's this little black market. The other thing is the, Med, the Med, uh, Medicare Part D drug, prescription drug bill that the Republicans passed uh, did not, does not allow Medicare to negotiate prices. The VA can negotiate prescription drug prices. But Medicare cannot, and this was all set up. But the whole Medicare Part D plan was written by the pharmaceutical companies. There was a big article in The Economist, I think it was last year, uh, it seems like it was about, yeah, 2015, about this very issue. They set this all up, and the Republicans said, oh, okay, we'll just pass what you want us to pass. There are numerous drugs. In fact, there are drugs that aren't even drugs. Do you know what colchicine is? You ever heard of it? Yeah, it sounds familiar. I don't know what it is. I've heard a, the name, though. It's a centuries-old remedy for gout. And it's not even any... It's a plant extract. It's an extract from a lily, from a, a, a flower. And, I mean, I'm sure Ben Franklin took colchicine. Well, there's nothing you have to do except extract it. One, one company has exclusive rights to extract from this, colchicine from this stupid flower. Where any lab could do it, and it used to be, I have a friend who, who takes this stuff, and he said, I went to fill my prescription. He said, I used to be able to get 90 pills for about 10 bucks. He went to refill it, and it was, they said it was $1,500. What? I'm telling you. I know. I, be, I believe it. I believe it. I, I, I've seen uh, things for myself, my husband, whoever, my kids, you know, cost incredible amounts. Paul, good talk to you all day. Got to take some other calls. Okay. Thank you for the call, buddy. Uh, we'll continue with uh, your calls here. 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543. Jeff's in Phoenix on line five, listening on KPHX. Jeff, good afternoon. Hey, how's it going? Here? Good. Hey, listen, um, 
just like there was this, so like people call the hidden language in the Star Spangled Banner. I think there was language in the RICO Act that had something to do with maybe basically with, uh, uh, I can't remember, a long time ago. But I think there might be some language in the RICO Act about what these uh, corporations, conglomerates, these monopolies are doing. But when you said that poor people can't afford it, well, if you go to National Security Memorandum 200 report to the president, in that memorandum they dictate how many people must die. Now, these corporations seize people who aren't wealthy as useless eaters. So a lot of at, at these Bilderberg meetings they have in Bilderberg, Germany, I think it is, or what, what part of the country is, these discussions that these people, these corporations, these owners, they have this discussion and how that we can get rid of some of these useless eaters. So if they can, the purpose of it in getting rid of Obamacare, too, is for the people who they see as useless eaters to die off. If you can't afford the medicine, if you can't produce capital for us anymore, if you're too old to produce wealth, uh, income for your taxes, whatever, then you're useless to them. So that is the purpose of uh, some of these, you see what's going on. All right. Interesting. I don't know. I'd have to look at the RICO Act. Uh, you know, there is uh, definitely corruption, racketeering. Uh, as far as pharmaceutical companies, not really sure, although drugs obviously were involved with those who were slapped with offenses under the RICO Act. Uh, thank you uh, for your call. Uh, let's continue in Amherst, Massachusetts, up near UMass. Uh, Michael joins us on line four, listening on WHMP. Hi, Michael. Good afternoon. Hi. Uh, I'm not at UMass, by the way. I'm a medically retired veteran. Um, thank you for your service, sir. Oh, you're welcome. Uh, the VA negotiates for the prices of its medication. And the only way I think that can happen in the U.S. under the Affordable Care Act is if they uh, re-include the option of federal payment rather than insurance company payment. You have a number of insurance companies that are backing out of participating in the Affordable Care Act in a number of states and blaming it on the difficulties of working with Obamacare. They're just trying to put Obamacare out of business. All right. When in fact, if there was the federal payment option, the federal government could say under that option, we will negotiate with Big Pharma and force them to come down on their prices, just like the VA does. And that could bring some sanity to the system. And I hope I hope Hillary does that when she becomes president. Well, obviously, any president can only do uh, what um, they can get through Congress, which is why. Well, that means we need to vote hard. Yeah, we, we need to get. Yeah, we need to get out and vote. I mean, even people that may not like her. Remember, if you want to keep this House uh, and Senate in the Republican majority's hands, well, then stay home and sit on the couch. Michael, very well said. Thank you for I your call. Be- Oh, sorry. I'm going to use my walker and make it to the point station. Michael, I'm impressed. I am very impressed. (laughs) Uh, Thank you for your call and, uh, again, for your service. Uh, Daniel in Albuquerque, you were next. Give us a buzz back. The rest of you holding, coming right to you. And if you want to join us, we have a line available. We just finished with a call. Your cue to call through here. On the only true democracy in talk radio, back after this, give me a buzz. 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543. We are back. Let's go to Dean in Buffalo, Line 3, listening on our stream on Spreaker. Hi, Dean. Good afternoon. Uh, Good afternoon. Thank you for taking my call. Before I dive into it, I want to say great radio show today and great television appearances this week. Oh, thank you. Um, You know, what Mylan is doing, it isn't about making a profit. It's criminal activity. They're putting people's lives at stake just so they can line their pockets with more dollar bills. It, it's really not right. I'm kind of 
wondering where is the FDA? Why haven't they stepped in and said, wait a minute, you can't do this, and immediately forced them to reduce the price to a reasonable um, amount? Again, when you look at any company, any company wants to make a profit, or almost any company, unless you're you know nonprofit. But to have that level of profit and to have profit on time, I mean, when is it enough? I mean, when when you profit, when you quadruple the profits, there was a time where you had a healthy margin of profits. You know, there was a time that you then doubled that and then then tripled that, and quadrupled that. Another, where does it stop knowing that you're making decisions that are life or death? decisions that affect exactly. individuals life or death literally i mean this is not this is not being dramatic exactly this is the thing that i'm worried about what happens if excedrin or tylenol or another company gets it in their head to do what myelin did suddenly all the people with migraines suffer government has to break them up because they're a monopoly and this is what happens okay so you 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 agree with many people's assertion that this is a monopoly 95 percent of the market and that the government has to step in oh yes absolutely all right thank you thank you uh, always appreciate your call and your compliments very nice thank you let's go to charlie in phoenix line two listening on kphx radio charlie good afternoon hi can't a free enterprise just step in and uh uh, the next guy, the, the next EpiPen, come out at a cheaper, better price? You would think somebody would do that when somebody else has 95% of the market share, and when you see somebody, you know, how many times somebody go, oh, that coffee shop closed, I'll open another one over here. But it hasn't been and the case. I don't case. think they all... It, ha- it hasn't been the case, they... and what do we do in the meantime for people that can't afford those price tags, especially if they or, or a parent, a grandparent, a child needs that? Well... Need is one thing, and whatever they need in medical, they'll always get it. Now, my other comment is... No, 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 that is not... Wait a minute, minute, wait a minute. That is not true. That is not true. You have to understand, if somebody goes into anaphylactic shock, you can't call 911 and get them to the emergency room in time. You need something immediate. Immediate. That isn't what I meant. I meant if you go to the emergency room, they're going to deal with you whether you got... I don't think you understand. By the time you get to the emergency room in these situations, you often will die. That's why the EpiPen is used. Let's just do a generality. Uh, How many times does one person use an EpiPen in a year? Well, it depends on the individual. Is that it? Is it just because they keep eating peanut butter, they got to hit them with the EpiPen? No, it's not. It's not just. Hey, wait a minute. It's not. It's not just for peanut allergies. My son has ten allergies. He's not allergic to peanuts. Okay, so you got ten of them. I mean, you probably have a list at the house. You probably are very uh, diligent with what you have to do. Uh, I don't think you, you understand. I don't it? think you understand. Anaphylactic shock doesn't just come about if somebody is near, around, smells, tastes, or has access to peanuts, as your example was. For my son's example, okay. It, it, because because you have different allergies and even medications that interact differently, you can actually go into anaphylactic shock with triggers that aren't exactly known. And this happens more and more with more and more children out there having asthma, more and more children out there using different medications, and and more so and, okay. and more and more things in the environment working. For for example, my my, my son had an asthma attack. And to and we don't know what we don't know what uh, triggered it, and he doesn't have asthma. 
Yet he had what looked exactly like an asthma attack. Mark wanted to weigh in, my executive producer, who had firsthand knowledge of this as well. I, I had a, a situation that, you know, I didn't understand it, how serious it was either. I have a nephew who at the time was three years old. Sometimes the doctors have trouble figuring out exactly what your Correct. allergies Correct. are as well. But e- even if you think you're on top of it, just to give you an example, sir, um, you know, my sister, it, he, one of my nephew's allergies was a peanut allergy and he has a severe allergy. Well, They were, you know, at my father's house and someone was making him like a jelly and fluff sandwich or something like that. And because one day, apparently previously, the doctor thinks someone had probably made a peanut butter and jelly and either not cleaned the knife well enough. And there was peanuts potentially on the knife that went in the jelly like, you know, weeks before. That's what they think would have potentially triggered it and he could have died without the EpiPen number one number two many people send their children to daycare and you know for all these daycare places for them to keep track of all the allergies is a lot harder than you'd and, think and, and i want to add to that mark it's not just peanuts you guys are referring to peanuts and it's not no just, no exactly wait, wait, and yeah. it's not just food and another thing many of us don't know we're allergic to anything until something happens very quick I was in I was in Boca Raton, Florida. I was living in Buffalo, New York, in the warm sun on vacation. Very excited to escape the cold, and I had these red bumps all over my skin. I was itching like crazy. I took Benadryl internally. I I put it on topically. Nothing would work. It was a weird kind of pattern on my body. And one day I'm in the shower at this friend of a friend's house we were staying at. This nice you know condo you know that they were not going to be at for most of the week we were hanging at. I, I was in the shower, and all of a sudden I noticed, oh, my God, the pattern of the, the red bumps is the exact pattern of how I'm washing my body. I looked at the soap. I'm like, oh, my God. I found out on that day, and I was almost 30 years old, I'm allergic to glycerin. And I never knew it until, until that day. Stopped using the soap. Next day was great. I had one day of vacation. I mean, you just – you never know – what, if you're not tested for something, you don't know you're allergic to it. Many many people are allergic to cats and dogs. They just don't aren't severely allergic. But if you have a severe allergic reaction and nobody knows that you're allergic to that, and especially if somebody does know and carries that EpiPen, it's life or death. As a matter of fact, if you look up all, what you do with an EpiPen, you go to the emergency room after you've used it. The other problem, Leslie, like this caller brought up, is one in competition. Well, um, Mylan has done a good job of keeping their rivals out of the market on purpose. They twice struck deals with would-be competitors to delay them from seeking approval for generic versions of the EpiPen and later petitioned the FDA to hold off an EpiPen alternative on the grounds that it didn't use the same safety mechanisms. Uh, So, you know, it could be saying that it could be confusing to users in an emergency situation. So this company is purposefully lobbying and and making deals to keep it this way so it's not as if other companies haven't tried so it's not as simple as that as an answer well okay now back to another question should everybody just buy an epipen i mean the way you stated leslie is you didn't know you had glycerin allergy until something happened did you almost die did you have to go get it no no not at all for me it was just extreme itching uh red spots and it hurt more when it went in the sun and you know when you're on vacation you live in cold weather climate you want to lay in the sun you know i was you know in my 20s you know you want to be out there by the pool in your bikini kind of i had to stay inside with the air conditioning the heat made it worse um i was very uncomfortable i couldn't sleep that you had to pop the benadryl so what do you do for your kids do you just buy 10 epi pens at the beginning of the year 
Uh, no, I you buy. Uh, we have a pack. We have a package, and you only use it. You only use it if it's an emergency. You have to remember it. it it's it's sort of like it's it's like a ju- it's a just in case. Different people react different. I'll give you one more example. My cousin's son, my my nephew, he has exercise induced asthma. Plays sports all the time. One time he's just joking around with his friends. He started having seizures, and my cousin's EpiPen in her purse was closer than her phone. Smashed the EpiPen. They called 911, get him to the hospital. He might have died. We don't know. He might have died. I'm Leslie Marshall. We are out of time. We'll be back tomorrow. I hope you will as well.